I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. I partake in, so in doing what I love, I get to keep it all. Perceptions leave much room to be mistaken, so in doing what I say, my word is covenant. I expect nothing but the best from myself, not myself nor me. Putting personality on the subordination of the master key, which is the most I in I and I. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating. Use your concentration wisely, because your only limitation is your imagination. Priority one is to focus on the most high in the meditation. Develop the routine, keep the room clean, balance the physical and spiritual accommodation. The daily from the written word, Put it into practical use within your temple. The real work is to know, the truth is to see. The real life is to grow into what you need. So if you're not thinking in this heart, so is he. Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating. Use your concentration wisely. Because your only limitation is your imagination. Trust inside the flesh requiring emancipation from the source of the vexation, which is the enemy. Anyhow, you let the mind control corrupt your state of meditation. You compromise your soul, focus off the goal, and move further from the free. Where you are to be, shaping your destiny. Thank you. 
Imagination is your imagination. Thank you. 
Joyful exaltations to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women Wednesdays. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay, and I'm so glad to be here this evening. And I'm humbled by your presence. For those listening on the internet, the ones that called in, and those that will listen later. Blessings. Blessings to you and your ones. Tonight's topic is Awaken Aware 101. Books and documentaries, documentaries and books. It's the self-edification, knowing for thyself, seeing and discerning, as we've talked about in other podcasts. You know, I've I've been taking a journey myself and sharing it with you and learning about the world around me and the way it has affected me and um, seeking the most high's guidance and my daily step, moment for moment, on how to become worthy and ready to present myself filled with all the gifts he bestowed in me so that I can ascend. And part of looking through that that muck and mire that is this world, as well as the sweetness and beauty that is this world, and being able to and and dwell in the best that's planned for us. Not what we plan for ourselves, but what the Most High has planned for us to see that and to walk in that grace. That's where the grace comes from, walking in your path. You have to be awake and aware. 
to the levels and degrees and dimensions that surround you. We're going to start off this evening with the praise up, and um, we're going to look to the Most High's Word in the Bible, King James Version, as to awareness and awakening. I'm going to start with Genesis 3-7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The first moment of the awakening, they knew. Their eyes were opened. 1 Corinthians 6.19 What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Which ye have of God? And ye are not your own. You're not your own. Your body is a temple. It's the sanctuary. It's the holy sanctuary for the Holy Spirit. And it's moving You supposed to move you. You're supposed to listen. And John 4.19, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I perceive. Prophet is among you. You need to be able to perceive that. If greatness is among you, if if something that's going to help someone that is led by the Most High is around you. You need to know that person. The connection must be made so that the Most High's pieces can fit together and make a whole. Romans thirteen four, um, Romans thirteen eleven through fourteen, and that knowing the time. That is now, it is high time to awake out of sleep. That now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh. Okay, make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Because the provisions are made for the spirit. The nourishment is for the spirit. The movement is for the spirit to do and move you over Sam. Isaiah 52.1 Awake. Awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth thou shalt no more come unto thee. Uncircumcised and unclean. It's time to put on the strength. And once you awake, those that are uncircumcised and unclean can't even come. You'll be able to see them a mile away because you're awake. 
And they won't be able to come into the holy city of your mind, your home, your peace, your business. Because you're awake and aware. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, because it takes strength, strength of mind and continuity. It's a continuous effort not to be lulled by the frequency that's meant to lull and dull your senses. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Awaken Aware 101. I just want to give a quick shout out to my mother. God bless her. Today is her earth strong. And I'm so grateful and um, humbled by who she is and how she's represented herself and manifested in this world. And I'm dedicating a song by Abby Lincoln to her tonight. And that song has to, it's actually called Windmills of the Mind. Because my mother has been responsible for the seeding of my mind by seeding me books from an early age and allowing fruitful intellectual discussion all the time. (laughs) Even when I didn't want it, but I'm glad I got it. You know, and big up to all the mothers that push their children mentally and don't accept less from them. She used to tell me, I can't, is a word we can't use in that house. (laughs) Okay? So God bless all the mothers and especially mine.
Long before Sumeria existed, before Egypt had built Saqqara, before the Indus Valley nurtured, spirit lived in human bodies, dancing in high culture. The Sphinx knows the truth. We are much more than we know. We have forgotten. At one time, we existed on Earth in a very high level of awareness that was far beyond anything we can even imagine right now. We hardly have even the capability to imagine where we once were because it is so out of context with who we are now. The most important change was in the way we breathed prana, a Hindu word for the life force energy of this universe. Prana is more critical to our survival than air, water, food, or any other substance. And the manner in which we take this energy into our bodies radically affects how we perceive the reality. Alright, so a major point in the human body is the pineal gland. Located almost in the center of the head, it is a huge factor in consciousness. This gland has degenerated from its original size, comparable to a ping pong ball, to its present size, that of a dried pea, because we forgot how to use it a long time ago. So now, instead of taking prana through the pineal gland and circulating it, we started breathing it in through the nose and mouth. (laughs) This caused prana to bypass the pineal gland, and resulted in our seeing things in a totally different way, through a different interpretation of the one reality called polarity consciousness, or good and evil. The result of this polarity consciousness has us thinking that we're inside a body looking out, somehow separated from what's out there. This is pure illusion. It feels real. But there is no truth at all to this perception. It's merely the view of reality we have from this fallen state. Adapted from Bronvalo Melchizedek's The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life, Volume 1. Like a circle in a spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On an ever spinning reel Like a snowball down a mountain Or a carnival balloon Like a carousel that's turning and running Rings around the moon Like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of his face And the world is like an apple Whirling silently in space 
of our minds. 
so many things we pass through and pass through us as the years go by. But how many of those things were you aware of? And how many other roads were laid beside you that you could have taken? And what about the one you're on right now? How can you make the most of it? And when I speak of being aware, it's internally aware as well as externally aware. Um, I'm going to deal with the external this evening. And I'm going to focus in on some documentaries that I suggest to help one to be aware of the structure of the environment in which we live and a different perception of that as opposed to the ones we were given. Um, A lot of these documentaries you can find on topdocumentaryfilms.com and um, some are on Netflix and some are on Hulu. But um, I, I really suggest topdocumentaryfilms.com. They have a really exhaustive um, amount of documentaries as well as freedocumentaries.org. The first one I'm going to discuss is the one that opened up my eyes. It's um, called The Century of Self. I saw it about, I want to say, six to eight years ago. Well, I guess that's when it came. It came out in 2002. Okay, it's called The Century of Self. And um, what it basically is, it's a four-part series. It's four hours long. Take it in doses. (laughs) So the legacy of famed psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud informs the lives of people throughout the world even to this day. Though it's phenomenon to which most are unaware, The Century of Self was written and produced by Adam Curtis. And it's an exhaustive examination of his theories on human desire and how they're applied to platforms such as advertising, consumerism, and politics. So this four-hour odyssey is divided into four distinct segments. The first segment is called Happiness Machines. Happiness Machines. And that's, um, it focuses on Sigmund Freud's nephew, Edward Bernays. And he was one of the most influential pioneers in public relations. The way that public relations, the standardized, the, the standardized version that is used today comes from Edward Bernays. Appealing to what his uncle believed were the aggressive and purient forces hidden inside of all mankind. So Bernays manipulated these inner desires to promote group thinking. First in drumming up the patriotic support of U.S. citizens during World War I and later in the realm of, of advertising. So he worked for the government and then went into the corporate sector using those same um, types of standardized mind control methods and put them into advertising. The second segment is called engineering of consent. And it's the darkest illustration of Freud's philosophy. Um, It can be found in Nazi Germany during the second world war. And the film's second segment recounts the efforts of Bernay and Freud's daughter, Anna, who collaborated alongside the American government to devise methods for suppressing the barbaric potential of the human mind. That's what they thought it was, the barbaric potential, meaning uncontrolled potential. They want to be able to control the potential of the human mind. 
So it was only through these activities that it was believed that a harmonious democracy could be possible. Okay, and then the third segment is called, There is a Policeman Inside of All of Our Heads. <laughs> he Must Be Destroyed. So segment three takes place during a different period in American history in the 1960s as dissenters of Freud began to come to prominence and the younger generation um, who were determined to fully embrace and flaunt their inner desires. And that was that whole, quote unquote, flower power and hippie movement. And following their lead, corporations and advertisers morphed their message from one to conformity to celebration of the individual. And in doing so, they showed that the tenets of Freud's theories could be successfully manipulated regardless of the temperature of the times. And the fourth segment is called Eight People Sipping Wine in Kettering. Eight People Sipping Wine in Kettering. So the final section takes us full throttle into the universe of politics during the 1990s. And so um, it talks about the Democratic Party's desperate measure to regain the White House, and they and they enlisted the assistance of Matthew Freud. So these Freuds, he's the great grandson of Sigmund Freud. Overstand, it's a family business. <laughs> so with a determined reliance, and so Matthew Freud is a public relations expert as well, supposedly. That's what he's called. With a determined reliance on focus groups, the party recalibrated their campaigns to fulfill the innermost desires of the American people. Shortly thereafter, Bill Clinton became the 42nd president of the United States. So the century of self unlocks many essential human truths, chiefly our vulnerability to influence and some people, because I don't feel the need, but there's a large majority of people that need to, they feel the need to be controlled. They feel the need to look to someone else outside of themselves as to what they do because they've been programmed with groupthink. What do you think? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. What are you, you going to do? What do you think about that? Overstand. And the next one is human resources. Came out in 2010. Um, I saw this one literally right after I watched Century of Self. And it's a documentary about social control, examining the history, the philosophy, and ultimately the pathology of elite power. So, human resources is a rough around the edges, but still overloaded with gems. Set aside some time to digest it. We're not always in the mood, right, <laughs> to go deep. But when you are, these are some of the things that you can watch and let yourself go there and understand your surroundings. So um, it's a two-hour documentary. It's filled with interviews and footage, some lo-fi, you know. Um, but the movie is very, it's very important in a sense of where the standards came from that are in the workplace and how they're implemented and the effect on the mind, okay? And it also shows you the proof and the evidence regarding how these things came to be and who was responsible for doing it. And it will really surprise you that it's like a play, 
that we're participating in. And someone else wrote and directed all these scenes. Okay, so it just take a moment and meditate. And let and let the reality of the reality come in. Another really great I I was actually on vacation when I saw this and it was a beautiful resort and you know, my family was outside and I was busy watching. I just couldn't keep I just could not stop watching it. It's called um it came out in 2014. It's called Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. It's a hugely ambitious documentary. And it adds fuel to those embers of uncertainty and points to many potential culprits whose possible involvement in assassinations and all types of folly within our political and governmental system. And um, it's really interesting. And it's three and a half hours, and it's called Everything is a Rich Man's Trick, examines a defining event of our time from a perspective not often explored. And um, you may be skeptical as you watch it, but as they put the dots together... You know, it's good to have different viewpoints. You just can't be programmed into whatever the framework wants you to believe. You know, that's the the same reason I, I was just telling my son the other day, the whole point of reading books is to gain perspective. So that when things happen to you or you're presented with a situation, you can look within yourself and recall instances and inferences of familiarity, whether you've experienced it or not. to recall from, and to gain wisdom from. That's called Everything's a Rich Man's Trick. Another one that really um, has to do with the sign of the times, because everything that we deal with on the Internet, you have to click that I agree box. So this came out in 2013, and it's called Terms and Conditions May Apply. Terms and conditions may apply. And so really what it talks about is what is in those terms and conditions. Every time you get the update on your iPhone or your iPad, what are you what are you really agreeing to? And how has those agreements affected real world people? You know, if you have a YouTube account, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, Periscope. <laughs> Tumblr, Pinterest, terms and conditions may apply. Another good documentary is what in the world are they spraying? I noticed about maybe three or four years ago in my neighborhood, I was out at the park with my sons, and I noticed those planes overhead spraying those lines. And I was like, oh, you know, we better go, I don't know what that is, or that, you know, it was a straight line. So by the time we drove from the park and I got to in front of my house and pulled in the driveway, the line was slowly spreading wider, and it opened up like a ribbon. And then I saw all these other lines, I'm like, what are they spraying? So when I saw this documentary, I was like, yeah, why in the world are they spraying? But why and what? And so 
that's a really good documentary. It's it's a groundbreaking documentary. Um, people have woken up to the damaging effects from the chemtrail and geoengineering program. Geoengineering. Look that word up. Okay. As a result, movements around the world are being formed to address these crimes. And while many who were previously unaware of these programs are now taking action, and the question is often asked, why is this happening? So there are um, two documentaries, actually. What in the world are they spraying is the first one. And the second one is why in the world are they spraying, which will answer the question. You know, so um, this investigative documentary into one of the many agendas associated with chemtrail and geoengineering programs and also weather control. A good documentary as far as economics is concerned, I thought was very good, was called Thrive. It made me look at the banking industry in a whole other way. Now I will say that with all these documentaries that I mentioned, take and pick what you decide to take and pick. You don't have to take this person's whatever they presented as a whole. But certain things will resonate as the truth as you watch. I was skeptical about Thrive in the beginning um, because I believe that one, the main producer of it was like a Rothschild or a Rockefeller grandchild or great-grandchild or something to that effect. But um, he seems to have a conscience and he funded and was about he was um, hosting this program, and he talked against the banks, other ways of banking, and how you can make real tangible differences within your own community on various different levels. And so, um, and they weave together, you know, breakthroughs in science, consciousness, and activism, and Thrive offers real solutions. Um, empowering with unprecedented and bold strategies for reclaiming your life and your future. So you could just, you know, check it out and see what 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 parts of that documentary you can implement. Like one of the things that I found in there was opposed to having my money in a big name bank, you know, that's like national and international. I'm not saying anybody's names. I don't want to give them any free representation. As opposed to doing that, you know, they they really suggest banking with your local banks. They still have that ability with a card to be able to get your money out of the ATM anywhere you go. But the local branch is going to have less fees. And also the money that's within the bank is circulated, with, you know, throughout the community as opposed to throughout the world and you know, it's a lot of different things that happen, and it also helps small businesses get, you know, get loans locally and, you know, talking about credit unions and um, as well as technology, you know, and how to implement that and in your day-to-day in a more effective way and, and also in a way that is um, activist-driven, you know, forging ahead a new way of existing, Um economically, scientifically, nutritionally, you know, we really have to take hold. I mean, the geoengineering. <laughs> so the health and strength of the mind and the money is very important right now. Um, an excellent documentary called Ancient Knowledge. 
ancient knowledge is a long, it has six and a half parts to it. So it's not something that you would sit down and watch in one sitting unless you were, you know, caught in a storm or something like that, God forbid, or you weren't feeling well, then you, you know, you just lay there and watch it. But it's something that you would take in parts. And it breaks down consciousness, sacred geometry, cymatics, um, Fibonacci sequences, the golden ratio, phi in nature, DNA, um, pyramids, megaliths, ley lines. And they talked about how, you know, the, all of these TV shows, not that I have, I, I, I haven't had cable in about 10 years now, but I'm, I have access to all kinds of shows still. And um, all of this ancient aliens crap that they're just putting out there, this documentary, Ancient Knowledge, gives you the actual recipe for anti-gravity. And you can do it at home. Like, for real. You can go on YouTube and see others that have watched the documentary and made it happen. They use the copper, the PVC pipe. It's knowing the minerals, the metals, the chemicals, nature. It's important. And Coral Castle, which I definitely would like to go visit in Florida. There's a whole segment on that and um, how this gentleman, you know, he made his own megalith. And he used sonic resonance. And he left the keys on how to figure it out. Magnetic force, sacred science, um, the number nine code, vortex-based math. The Flower of Life, Time, 432 Hertz, The Love Frequency, Ancient Knowledge. You know, the ancients knew much more than they're given credit for regarding life, the universe, astronomy, advanced mathematics, magnetism, healing, unforeseen, unseen forces. Encoded knowledge is information that is conveyed in signs and symbols. And this documentary also breaks down the signs and the symbols. And we can find this knowledge all over the world because it's hidden in plain sight. And that's another good documentary. (laughs) Hidden in plain sight. You know, feed your mind. You have to be full when you meet Most High. You have to be filled You have to feed your mind, feed the spirit, you know. People are like, oh, sacred geometry, you know. Oh, that's a pretty drawing, but what does that mean? How does it affect me personally, right? So hidden in plain sight and ancient knowledge. Another documentary is called The FBI's War on Black America. This was done in 1990. The FBI's War on Black America. And these are all facts, verifiable facts, through a secret program called the Counterintelligence Program, COINTELPRO. There was a concerted effort to subvert the will of the people to avoid the rise. This is actually written in in government documents. To avoid the rise of a black messiah. It says it. And government paperwork. I initially saw this documentary on PBS when I was a teenager. And I was literally mesmerized. I could not, I kept telling my mother, I can't believe this is in government paperwork. 
to stop the rise of the black messiah is in United States government paperwork that would mobilize the African-American community into a meaningful political force. The documentary establishes historical perspective on the measures initiated by J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI, which aimed to discredit black political figures and forces of the late 60s and early 70s. Combining declassified documents, interviews, rare footage, and exhaustive research, it investigates the government's role in the assassination of Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, Martin Luther King. And so the question was, were the murders the result of this concerted effort to avoid a black messiah? Again, this is called the FBI's War on Black America. And you can find these on top document top document top documentaryfilms.com, sorry. A little tired this evening. Topdocumentaryfilms.com. Another one is called The Biggest Prison System in History. This was made in 2015. The Biggest Prison System in History. How did it come to be that Americans' prison population is the largest in the civilized world? Comma. Like that part right there. How did it come to be that America's prison population is the largest in the civilized world. And what hope is there of changing the course of this troubling trend? So the aptly titled documentary, The Biggest Prison System in History, produced as a part of a provocative Empire File series, examines the origins of this epidemic and boldly points fingers at the institutions and power brokers who profit from the incarceration of more than 2 million American citizens. You, the U.S. has only 5% of the world's population. The U.S. We're only 5% of the U.S. of the world's population. 5%. Yet, stunningly, 25% of its prisoners, 25% of the world's prisoners are here. So with many American prisons stretched thin and struggling to operate far beyond capacity, the scourge of mass incarceration propels a series of egregious human rights violations and demeans the country's moral standing in the rest of the world. And so this talks about the beginnings and um, who's profiting. And it's important to know because are you patronizing those who are profiting? Or for our incarceration. Now, a brother that I don't have access to, um, he's now deceased. He's a lot of his works are on YouTube, and his name is Steve Coakley. Steve Coakley was the one that opened up my mind as to what I just said a few minutes ago, which is, am I patronizing those who are profiting? Often off incarcerating us. Am I, you know, where does the buck stop? And it's easier to watch a commercial and clip a coupon and run to the store, opposed to figuring out, well, who owns what, whatever, you know. But once you know the top main companies, and it's easy to find out, especially in the day of the internet, you know, once you know what the top main companies are, it's only about seven companies that own all the rest of them overstand you know so if you can find places that you can patronize 
that help your community, I'd make that the decision. But Steve Coakley, C-O-C-K-L-E-Y, powerful brother, God bless him. May may he rest in power. And the last one I'm going to mention this evening is called The Informant. Now, The Informant was a mind-blowing documentary. The Informant is a real story. It's an actual documentary following a man who is, quote-unquote, a community activist helping out in Hurricane Katrina and went down there right away mobilizing people and everything. And then he tried to get the old Black Panthers, like the El- like the like the the ones that are like in their sixties and seventies now, he tried to incriminate them and get them to be taken in by the FBI. The activist person. The activist is the informant. <laughs> See, perception is everything. Ever since then, ever since I saw the documentary, I look at everybody's side <laughs> Because you don't know. You really don't know. A girlfriend of mine years ago taught me that line, any number could play. It's not just in, at Vegas in life. You can't judge a book by its cover. You know, sometimes the main ones, just like the pedophiles, you know, the, the majority of them work with children, Right. And so these activists, you know, so this guy and how he, you know, he turned on so many people. And so then when he couldn't get the Black Panther people to get incriminated in some stupidness because they were too smart, they were elder statesmen of the game, they saw him coming a mile away. And they interviewed those brothers, too, and that was really nice to see, you know, and um, how he went on and learned from the Black people grassroots organization and went and start teaching, you know, others the way we build grassroots. And it's just a really, really interesting documentary. It's called Informant, not The Informant, Informant. And um, it's on iTunes. That's where you can see it now on iTunes. And you could probably find it online if you're savvy, Informant Documentary. So I'm going to take a uh, take a music moment, and we'll be back with the Goenosis. Okay. Yeah. All right. I find it hard to say that everything is all right.
down now. Thinking that I'm kidding cause I'm throwing stones It isn't me, it's ain't your 
spaces in my chromosomes. Impatient ancestors raging through my ribosomes. See scrolls translated through a microphone. The freedom banger, hanger, Margaret Sanger. Planned Parenthood in every hood would like to thank her. Bankers, Rockefeller, Bilderberg, Unicom, DuPont, IBM, UNICEF, and Viacom. My verbal firearm annihilate the infrastructure. Comedic lexicon, because I don't speak the tongue of suckers. I born degrees of the royal pedigrees. I leave a main six. Afterbirth, still most listening are subject to conditioning. They need a hook, something snappy just to pull them in. Just what? Now, Ruby Sailor.
Yes, the pride needs defending by a lion. Overstand. We're going forward into the go and gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. I'm going to start off this evening with um, something I found quite funny. Mexico will soon be wiping their peaches with toilet paper, with Trump toilet paper. A Mexican business businessman felt completely disrespected by Donald Trump during his presidential campaign when he would describe Mexicans. He decided to show his appreciation for our new commander-in-chief by rolling out a new brand of toilet paper named after Don, Donnie himself. It's called Trump Paper. And it has... The logo is a toilet paper with a toupee on and a stomach, and he looks like Trump. <laughs> According to the New York Post, Antonio Bechtala wasn't here for Trump, characterizing Im- characterizing migrants who come to U.S. as criminals, drug dealers, etc. My thinking was, we can't keep quiet, right? He said, I'm going to add my grain of sand in response. And he sure did. So Trump toilet paper is marketed under funny slogans as softness without borders. (laughs) And this is the wall um, that Trump wants to put up. And so they have the paper to wipe it down, to wipe all his crap off of it, they're saying. So Trump toilet paper in a store near you. So now researchers are saying that Love addiction is real and that a breakup pill, a breakup pill, this is real. This is Sunday, June 4th at the nationalpost.com. In a new paper, the Oxford team says there now exists abundant evidence from brain-based studies that, that support their claim that love, or at least can be an addiction, and that to love intensely is to essentially be addicted to a social object or another person, and that people suffering, quote-unquote, problematic attachments offer to be offered the same support to drug abusers. So they want to have, they have a pill to try to stop love. According to the researchers, drugs can be inadvertently dampened or blunt lust or libido already widespread use today. So they have the pills that can dampen your libido and a lot of medicines like, you know, men that are on diabetes medication, they suffer from erectile dysfunction. There's certain medications that make women have a lower libido as well as a side effect. So they've narrowed down the chemicals, okay, that target this. And so um, they want to have a chemical breakup. And this is going on in Oxford. Some news that I found very interesting and on um, globalvoices.org, Brazil prisoners get four days off their sentence per book they read. Our prison systems have to be revamped. So a change in Brazilian criminal law, this is on globalvoices.org, a change in Brazilian criminal law now makes it impossible for inmates excuse me, now makes it possible for inmates to reduce their jail sentences by spending time reading and studying. The initiative called Redemption Through Study Time and is also known as Redemption Through Reading was sanctioned on June 2012 by President Dilma Rousseff. A new approach regarding prisoners and the way they pay for their crimes, it determines that each book related to classic national literature 
science or philosophy that is read by an inmate equates to four days off their prison term, which could add up to 48 days if the maximum number of 12 books per year is reached. It's similar to what students are required to do at school. Prisoners must prove they have actually read and studied the books by, and they choose by writing essays. I think that's a great idea because you, I, I, I know of people who are in prison, and there are certain prisons, like I think some in Virginia, that you're not allowed to send books to people. And then there's other prisons where um, they haven't approved because everything is corporatized, you know, and capitalized. So they have approved book um, sellers, and they're not Barnes and Noble. They have appro- approved prison booksellers. And they have specific lists, and if it's not on the list, then they can't get the book. But meanwhile, over in Brazil, they can do book reports <laughs> and reduce their sentence. So big up to Brazil and pray that, you know, the ones that are activists and fighting, you know, for prison reform. I know Obama was really trying to do something with that before he left office. But with this whole dysfunction that is this Trump presidency, um, you know, we have to stay vigilant. And speaking of staying vigilant, we have to stay vigilant with our children regarding social media. I reported a couple of podcasts back where children were getting suspended from school and thrown out of school because of memes and posts that they put on Facebook and, you know, Snapchat or whatever, they're they're using Instagram. And um, so now Harvard snatches acceptances from at least 10 students over offensive memes on Facebook group chats. So they lost their acceptances to Harvard University because of something they put in a group chat, in a group chat, which is not even the main board. Of the newsfeed, so Harvard University isn't playing around with its up with with its incoming class. The elite university rescinded ten prospective students' admission offers after the school court win that they were sharing offensive memes in a Facebook chat group. Some of the messages joked that abusing children was sexually arousing, while others had punchlines directed at specific ethnic or racial groups. According to the Harvard Crimson, the online group was originally created to share funny, nice memes, but a few members took it too far, and one of the incoming students reported it. So according to CNN, Harvard University officials took the school's um, stance as being, you know, we are not going to have this. We're not responsible for any any unofficial group chats or content within Harvard, and um, that Harvard College reserves the right to withdraw an offer under admissions. You know, so those children lost out on a Harvard education because of what they put in a Facebook group chat and what they put LOL next to. That's crazy. And so, and other news on Breitbart.com. I check out that website. I like to know what the other side is thinking. I always go and just peruse what's happening. Breitbart, they were big supporters of Trump. Um, So on Breitbart.com, a boy identifying as a girl swamps all their opponents in a Connecticut high school track meet. So this whole transgender, transneural, trans, you know, neutral thing is really going to another level. 
because they have boys identifying as girls running against girls. Now, I used to run track. I ran in the Colgate Women's Games in New York. I was always, you know, in the track meets. I, I was a sprinter. I did the 200, the 400, the 800. And I would always do the relay race, and I was the anchor. Um, and so as a girl running, you know, you, you just – you're running against other girls. That's why they have it separated. So they need to have a separate transgender, you know, meet. They shouldn't be encroaching upon, you know, girlhood. I don't understand why this, there's a real downplay to women's safety and rights with all this I identify as a girl business. It doesn't matter what you identify with. Is what you are And just because you identify with me Doesn't mean I have to have you in my space And that's what's happening In the Target women's ladies rooms In the Target fitting rooms The women have to be made uncomfortable Because a man walks in Because he identify. Oh, I identify with you So I'm coming in here And I don't understand how nobody Is like the the country's lulled to sleep, and no one's calling their officials. Everyone's afraid to write an email or make a phone call and say, hey, can you not let this go down? Because they're just all going with the flow. The people aren't rising up. And, and you know, so a highly recognized high school girls track star from New Britain, Connecticut, lost her, lost her unusual first place spot to a boy who identifies as a girl on opposing high school track team, and her loss sparks many questions about the fairness and rights. It does. You know, that child should not have been allowed to run in the girls' race. Pay attention to what's happening in your schools, you know, if your children are on these teams. Because to me, that's an unfair advantage. Men and women are built differently. They have different strengths. And the boys should run with the boys, the girls should run with the girls. And then whoever identifies with whatever, they have the other track meet. Call it the other track meet. Let them all go there. And people can go cheer them on, and they can have their otherness. (laughs) But to encroach upon women, it's really disrespectful. And, you know, I feel bad for that girl as a runner. She lost, and she knew she was going to win and dust those girls again this year and get her next trophy to get her for her college scholarship or whatever she's trying to do, you know? And this boy who's identifying is blazing past her and getting the medal. <laughs> That's crazy. And so on um, a sadder note, 75% of black California boys can't read. 75%. Three out of four black boys in California schools don't meet reading and writing standards, according to data obtained by Cal Matters from the State Department of Education. The data shows, for example, nearly 80% of black boys in the fourth grade fail to meet state reading standards. Black boys trail far behind their female counterparts in reading and writing. More than half of black boys scored, the, scored in the lowest category on the English portion of the test, according to a report in the New York Daily News. The disparity in reading and writing performance between black boys and girls is not raising alarms in California. The people are asleep. It's not raising alarms in California. I wouldn't put this in the same category of severity or concern as other achievement gaps. 
said Tom Loveless. It's funny. His name is Loveless. <laughs> L-O-V-E-L-E-S-S. An education researcher for the Brookings Institution. But there needs to be a greater awareness of this. At this pace, there will be a sharp decrease in college admissions by black boys in California in the coming years. See, there's a concerted effort. Please see those documentaries and understand the effort, especially human resources. It's, it's, it's deep. They just, they just, just, you know, did in a generation unless the parents step in and recognize we cannot just send them off to school and think, okay, and they learned. It, it, it has to be a 24-hour thing, you know? Instead of gathering around the television, we need to gather around books, read out loud to each other, make reading important. I mean, English is the language that they're speaking. Percent failed to meet the standards for the fourth grade, 80%. We have to send prayer and love and, and, and um, taskmaster vibrational energy to California. Pray for California black people that they get their boys together. There needs to be an effort out there to get books in the hands. I remember when I was growing up, there was a program called RIF. Reading is fundamental. And they used to come to our schools, and we used to be able to get free books. You know, and, you, and, and we went down to the gym, and they had all these book stations. It wasn't like this, you know, corporatized, capitalized, scholastic, put in your money. We got free books. And I didn't live in, like, in a poor neighborhood either, you know. It was just an organization, and it was a part of the school system, and they had commercials on television. Whatever happened to Riff? Too many people were reading. And um, we have to get involved in our children's school. It's not as far as, of course, within the teachers and the principals and the guidance counselors, but we need to show our faces at the school board meetings. I mean, I've gone to school board meetings out here where I live, and it's a very non-diverse meeting. So when it's a non-diverse meeting, non-diverse interests are not on the table. And so what's happening now is that there is a a rampant um, amount of behavioral, social, mind control going on, and even physical control going on within the school system. So now in Ohio, um, an Ohio high school wants to give students random drug tests throughout the school year. Random. That's part of the school experience. I don't, you know, they're trying to regulate too much of the person's being. So, in a, so a school in Township, Ohio, is not playing around when it comes to a new mandatory drug screening policy for its high school students. In a newsletter sent to parents, community members, and partners, Holland High School revealed they are they aren't letting students. They are not letting students participate in sports the marching bands, or get a parking pass 17-2018 school year if they don't do a drug test first. School officials also announced that students will be subject to random drug testing at any point during the athletic season, marching season, 
or any time they drive to and from school. See, the car is the kicker. They they put so much, the car, you know, your whole life can change because of something that happened with you and your car. So for parents who don't agree with the policy and don't want to subject their children to drug testing, Howland High School will treat the students as if they test positive. They will treat them as if they tested positive if you say, I don't want you to test my child. Okay, well, that means he's on drugs. And as a result, they will not be allowed to practice or participate in athletics or the band. That is until the student submits to testing, submits, until the student submits, overstand those words, to testing and the results are reviewed. The purpose of the program is not to punish students, they're saying, but rather to identify those that may be at risk for drug addiction and to provide students and their families with necessary support to overcome their dependency. According to the school, the program is established to provide a means of deterrence to develop a truly drug-free school environment and to undermine the effects of peer pressure by providing a legitimate reason for students to, to refuse to use illegal drugs while encouraging students who use illegal drugs to participate in a treatment program. Now, these treatment programs and these, you know, that's, again, corporatized and capitalized because they have private drug companies that will now bid different, um, you know, testing lab franchises that will bid to be the local place or the three local places within the school district that the children can go and submit to certified tests. Now, just recently in a town not too far from where I live, the the municipality is under investigation because they were doing, the person that, that did the lab report in the courts was falsifying um, marijuana labs and got caught. So that's my issue with labs. You don't know just because someone said this tested positive doesn't mean it's positive. And to, and then also to subject children to that at any moment you have to go relieve yourself and give me a part of you. For me to say that whether you're okay. That's too much. They're acting as if parents are non-factors. And that the parents need all this extra help. And no parent asked for this. To be involved with the school board. Who's on those boards? You know, get to know them. And if they're not approachable, be involved with getting rid of them. You know, we have to be involved. You have to be evolved and involved. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's disgusting, you know, to just walk up to and, you, and then there are teachers that are not nice people, and they will just subject one child more than others to drug testing just because they don't like that child. You know, they're individuals. Not just like not every cop is a great cop. Some cops are good. Some cops are bad. Some teachers really have it out for children. Because they had a rough childhood. And they didn't get over themselves. I'm going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Grace and blessings. Mm-hmm. 
Once upon a time, a fairy taught me how to fly. Told me how to ride the wind round the bends in the sky. Gravity was strong, but the force I could defy. Had to dance for the moon, sing the sun a lullaby. But that was for the last ship left my shiny world. Lost treasure long remembered, precious like a china pearl. I was a little girl reborn in a tragic land. Believers playing feverishly for favors from the magic man. Addicts living savage man. I was just the average. Last born child scorned just for being different. Outcast, not big, not Drake, just me. Pent up, clip wings, grounded, not free, not free, not free. against them foe against friend i was taunted haunted by the souls of ghost men caught by the hairs of their chinny chin tins by the wolves roaming streets pitting sins against men i was just 10 when i forgot how to soar i learned how to hate instead of love even more my heart turned to brittle shards of glass on the floor and i lost the heat in the deep of my core i was sore from sobbing head was throbbing i hid from life because life was plotting trying to get the best part of what was me and the rest of my remains don't spoil for the beast when I was 20 earth years old, I met a king. He called out my name, whispered softly in my dreams Passed me a medal, quite peculiar thing And told me I was chosen by a holier team Those who showed the truth in stories full of holes Shine lights and shadows, dark demons exposed Suppose, I always knew that lows had a high ground Now I knew that high science resonates with high sound My sound, I found, in between the cracks in the concrete Somewhere in the middle of the upswing and the downbeat Now watch me, Tito on the edge, you ask why? Cause now I remember how to fly, fly I remember how to fly, fly, fly. I remember how to fly, fly, fly. I remember how to fly, fly, fly. I remember how to fly, fly.
girl living in an environment now that you find a lot of wolves, a lot of infamous still bearers. and blessings. I'm back with Technology. Now, recently they had a second set of London attacks and on independent.co.uk Theresa May, the Prime Minister, said that terrorists had safe spaces, quote-unquote, online. So now she says that the internet must now be regulated following London Bridge terror attacks. So that is the problem 
reaction solution, HD in full effect. So the bottom line was to, remember I mentioned about three weeks ago, they have the black boxes in the UK that they're, that, that they're attaching um, so that they can watch and see everything, the government, of what you're looking at on your internet, in your cable, in your home. And so now they want higher levels of regulation than that. And the prime minister made the comments um, Sunday morning in the aftermath of the van and knife attack that saw seven people killed and the dozens injured. We cannot allow this ideology of safe space. The ideology of safe space. Why can't there be ideologies of safe space? I like the idea of safe space. We cannot allow this ideology of safe space. It needs to breed. Wow. Yet that is precisely what the Internet and the big companies that provide Internet-based services provide, Ms. May said. We need to work with allied democratic governments to reach international agreements. Mm-mm-mm to regulate cyberspace to prevent the spread of extremists and terrorist planning. She warned that there was a new trend in the threat we face and that while the three recent terror attacks in the UK were not linked by common networks, they were bound together by the single evil ideology of Islamic extremism. But what does that have to do with the internet? Everyone else have to be regulated and suffer because of a few. So she wants to meet with other governments, and they want to have, it's called Powers Act, dubbed the Snoopers Charter. I mentioned that before. So they, so they were trying to get this in before, and um, it got put on the back burner. I guess, you know, some more attacks happened, so it got brought back up to the front again. And they want to have more powers because they have to not allow the ideology of safe spray of safe space to breed. You cannot think there's safe spaces in the world. And on futurism.com, there um, a new trial now is using data servers to heat homeowners' water supplies. I thought that was a great idea, you know. Um, because, because these data servers generate a lot of heat. So Nerdalyze, I like their name, Nerdalyze, has developed a system that uses the heat produced by data servers to warm water in households in Holland. Not only does it help home, homeowners and companies in need of data storage save money, it also reduces CO2 emissions. So um, it's, a Dutch, um, it's a Dutch startup called Nerdalyze. And they found a practical use for the huge amount of energy wasted in the cloud storage sector. So they're installing cloud servers in households and using the heat to warm water. So that's the way in which technology is doing a good thing. According to the company's website, combined data centers use up more electricity than India and generate more CO2 emissions than the airline industry. So a significant portion of this electricity is used to cool the servers. So rather than attempt to negate this heat, Nerdalyze decided to develop a beneficial way to use it to heat water in people's homes. 
Again, that's nerdalize. Also for investment purposes. I mean, that's a good startup. You know, they're already proven. Um, on Boston.com, Massachusetts is now weighing limits on the use of drones by police. And you're going to have police. They um, Look, Theresa May said it over in the U.K., they need to get rid of the ideology of safe space. Then, so Massachusetts is weighing its limits on the use of drones by police. So Massachusetts lawmakers are weighing regulations aimed at the use of unmanned aerial devices or drones by police and other governmental authorities. The bill would prohibit the use of drones to track, collect, or maintain information about the political, religious social views, associations, or activities of any individual group association, organization, or corporation, or other entity unless the information relates to a criminal investigation. So the proposal would also ban the drones from being equipped with, with weapons or using facial, facial recognition and other biometric matching technologies except to identify the subject of warrant. That reminds me of those movies. You know, where the drone, one of them was with Will Smith. I can't remember the name of it or whatever, but they like the um, the drone came down and it had the face recognition stuff in it. Wow. So at least the Judiciary Committee plans to hear testimony on the bill at a public hearing Monday at the State House. We have to start going to State House meetings. Like, you know, maybe you don't, you don't have to go to every one, go quarterly. I think quarterly is great. That's why we have quarters. (laughs) You know, just to go see what's happening, check out what's happening in the city planning committee, the city planning people. Go to their meetings and just listen in so you know what's happening in your community. You know, so the bill would allow the use of, of drones to serve a warrant. People that get paid to serve. I knew a girl that used to do that, not a girl, a woman, actually, who used to serve people. But um, they're going to use drones to serve warrants. It's going to allow the use of drones to serve a warrant, aid in an investigation, or assist in an emergency. So shout out for Massachusetts lawmakers. That's what I mean. Someone called and they made a point because I think that they should have made a point to have the police not have drones. You know, they should have been there for that meeting. But now that they have drones, at least they're fighting for their rights for the, you know, for the drone to not be able to collect, maintain, and track information about political, religious, social views, associations, or activities of any individual group or association or organization. Like, that's important. And so now a pioneering computer scientist wants algorithms to be regulated like cars, banks, and drugs. And that's on QZ.com. Again, that's QZ, QZ.com. And it's being dubbed algorithmic responsibility because algorithms run a lot of our lives, whether we know it or not, our banks, the stock markets. You know, if you get into that ancient knowledge um, documentary, it'll break it down about Fibonacci. And when after I watched it, you know, I went into my iPad and I checked that there were apps, you know, apps to purchase stock based on the Fibonacci sequence. I mean, loads of them. And when I went and did my own research about it, you know, these algorithms play a big role 
and, you know, getting loans. I mean, all kinds of things. So um, they need to be regulated according to this pioneering computer scientist. And so it says it's convenient when Facebook can tag your friends and photos for you. And it's fun when Snapchat can apply a filter to your face. Both are examples of algorithms that have been trained to recognize eyes, nose, and mouths with consistent accuracy. When these programs are wrong, like when Facebook mistakes you for your siblings or even your mom, it's hardly a problem. In other situations, though, we give artificial intelligence much more responsibility with larger consequences when inevitably backfires. So Ben Schneiderman, a computer scientist from the University of Maryland, thinks that the risks are big enough that it's time for the government to get involved. And so um, on May 30th, in a lecture to the Alan Turing Institute in London, he called for a National Algorithm Safety Board, um, similar to the, to, the, to the U.S.'s National Transportation Safety Board for, um, for vehicles, which would provide both ongoing and retroactive oversight for high-stakes algorithms. Because someone needs to be paying attention to these computers. You just can't be like, oh, it runs and it's doing its thing and the algorithms are never wrong. No. Such algorithms are already deeply embedded in many aspects of our lives. They do such things as setting prices on stock markets, flying, air, flying aircraft on autopilot, calculating insurance risks, finding you an Uber, and devising routes for delivery trucks. In the future, they'll be used increasingly for even more critical tasks such as controlling self-driving cars and making medical diagnosis. But algorithms make mistakes too. And when they do, it can be extremely hard to figure out why. So um, they need to have this kind of program here in America as well, a national algorithm safety board. They need to have an international one, you know, Um, because these computers are taking over and people are on lazy, They press the lazy button. Forget the easy button, you know. And so on businessinsider.com, all Dutch trains now run on 100% wind power. All of their trains run on 100% wind power. Initially, trains in the Netherlands were set to run entirely on renewable energy by 2018. However, it seems officials have been able to beat that goal by an entire year. As of the 1st of January this year, all public transport trains are being powered by renewable energy, namely from wind power. This historical land of windmills is leading the charge in wind energy development. The windmills of your mind, right? (laughs) According to DutchNews.nl, there's currently a total of 2,200 wind turbines across the country. So these windmills generate enough power to sustain the equivalent of 2.4 million homes. The trains alone consume about 1.2 billion kilowatts of electricity a year, which is roughly the total power consumption of every home in the country's largest city, Amsterdam. So, so this goal was accomplished in partnership with Ineco, a Dutch sustain, sustainable energy supplier. And so this is a great thing. Is we need to come off the grid and, and, you know, and use the wind. That's what it's there for. And so in these other countries, they're moving, you know, and they're making it possible. And over here, we have Trump tweeting, <laughs> having tweet arguments with the mayor of London after the attacks. And now the mayor of London's calling for Trump to, 
you know, be disinvited. I mean, this is crazy. We need wind energy as well. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Situations come and go. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Another day, another go. I 
Left from the light, seeking refuge in the dark. She's a lark from the ark, spitting lyrics from the heart. Honey complected it, brainwaves stay connected it. Her meditation skills keep her traveling through the stars. Came from the ether, destination unknown, blown from out the space where by the ancient people were grown. Shown the truth since the youth and the roots showed the proof. Opening pathways like the Father Eshu. Like that boot camp sheet, a strange wonder. Ascended to the heavens from the land of down under. Trying to figure how to reunite our people now asunder. She devoured season liars to save off her growing hunger. Her number, the two stands forever growing with them. She is the moon, heed the sun, overstand and make the cycle one. You could catch a politicking on the streets of Mecca. Did she rest in Ile Ife to recharge her bio essence? One is when she broke the earthly terrain Born with two Fulani earrings and a pocket full of chains That's where the voice, that's the sound to behold She broke the mold, renewed the old Turned the microphone to solid gold Spoke with the elders before she left the home planet And they told her never disrespect the craft if you can stand it Remember the four facets, they will carry you far Not for you to be a star, but a preserver of art Part human cause the body she inhabits A goddess cause she carries bloodlines of the immortal status Like Gladys Took the midnight train to Georgia, seeking out the ground like old Moorish explorers. The forest of knowledge was barren and we were taking over. She took the seed from her magic bag and planted near a 40 clover. A lotus flower grew from mud at the riverbank. The people start rejoicing on their knees, giving thanks. They asked her name, wonder why she wasn't famous. She said, my name is Cyrock, you're confused on what my aim is. I do this not for recognition, but to change my folks' position. This is lesson 101, so hold your tongue and start to listen. You are the lost tribe, wanders from the light. Sent to conquer universes, turn the wrongness to right. The uncivilized have an envious eye, and they plotted your demise based on treachery and lies. You lost your culture and the jewels that you came with. They learned your alchemy, and they used it to make a name with. Became the false gods while the real ones suffered. The Jews became dull and over time they lost their lesser. You forgot the mission and got tricked into submission. Now the elders sent me here to resurrect the beats and rhythms. This is your movement and it can never be stopped. It's the spirit of our people given the name of hip hop. Picture perfect 
Take me outside, sit in the green garden, nobody out there, but it's okay now, bathing in the sunlight, don't mind if rain falls, take me outside, sit in the green garden. a butterfly high the tree tops down again putting my bag down taking my shoes off walking the carpet a green velvet Nobody out there, but it's okay now. 
Yes, outside to the Green Garden as we move forward into herbnology. According to St. George's University of London, cannabinoids used in sequence with chemotherapy are more effective treatment for cancer. New research has confirmed that cannabinoids, the active chemical in cannabis, are effective in killing leukemia cells, leukemia, particularly when used in combination with chemotherapy treatments. Researchers also found that sequential use of an initial dose of chemotherapy first and then cannabinoids significantly improved overall results against the blood cancer cells. They found that combining existing chemotherapy treatments with cannabinoids had better results than chemotherapy alone, meaning that a similar level of effect could be achieved through using a lower dose of the chemotherapy because chemotherapy has a side effect of causing cancer. Look that up. And so if this were translated to humans, this lower dose of chemotherapy would mean that the side effects of chemotherapy could be lessened. Dr. Wei Lu led the study at St. George University of London, which was published in the International Journal of Oncology. He said, we have shown for the first time that the order in which cannabinoids and chemotherapy are used, the order in which it's used, is crucial in determining the overall effectiveness of this treatment. These extracts are highly concentrated and purified, so smoking marijuana will not have a similar effect. But cannabinoids are a very exciting prospect in oncology, and studies such as ours serve to establish the best ways that they should be used to maximize a therapeutic effect. Cannabinoids are the active chemicals in cannabis, known more specifically as phytocannabinoids. When extracted from the plant and purified, they've been shown to possess anti-cancer properties, especially in certain cancers of the brain. Researchers looked at cancer cells in the laboratory trying different combinations of cannabinoids against leukemia cells. They tested were whether existing chemotherapy treatments worked effectively alongside the cannabinoids and whether using the drugs in different order had an effect. A number of clinical studies are underway that are assessing the full potential of cannabinoids in patients with cancer. Researchers say more trials need to be carried out to establish the veracity of the claims. Um, I find it odd that they're still using chemotherapy because they know that the side effect is cancer. You know, um, a lot of people, once they find out they have cancer, when they get the chemotherapy, you know, it's you have to also treat yourself because it lessens your your, your um, white blood cells. And so if you know anyone that has cancer, um, look into the different, you know, herbs and things that they can take alongside the treatment. Um, one is astragalus on the box. I got it from a Chinese store. I personally have fibromyalgia, and so it affects my white blood cells. And so I don't want to take all these different prescriptions that they offer me. So I know that astragalus increases your white blood cells. And um, when I first started taking it by tea, I have a supplement pill as well. But when I was taking it in a tea form from a Chinese herbalist, on the box it said that um, is effective in patients going through chemotherapy because you're like really weakened by having those chemicals, chemical therapy, you know, raging through your body, you know, deciding whether it's killing cancer cells or good cells, 
you know, um, for a lot of people, it does work, you know, so I'm just really glad that they're looking into this plant, cannabis, and stop being, you know, silly about it. I mean, the sales, When I remember when I was in school, I learned that the sales on the Nina Pence and Santa Maria was made of hemp. You know, hemp is a wonderful fiber. There's so many uses for different plants, just not cannabis. But it's good that they're taking this um, seriously and ones will be healed with it, you know. We're going to take a music moment and we're going to come back with the metaphysics of the moment.
Blessings and grace. I'm back with the metaphysics of the moment. Awaken aware ones. I went to the Nagamati Library once again to the Gospel of Truth this time. And um, I saw some aspects that I found helpful and I wanted to share. Joy to those who know the Father. That's the name of this section. Joy to those who know the Father. The gospel of truth is joy for those who have received from the Father of truth the grace of knowing him by the power of the word. Come from the fullness and who is in the thought and the mind of the Father. This is the one who is called the Savior. Since that is the name of the work that he must do for the redemption of those who have not known the Father. For the name of the gospel is the revelation of hope. Since that is the discovery of those who seek him. Because the realm of all sought from him who came. You see, all was inside of him, that illimitable, inconceivable one who is better than every thought. Ignorance of the Father brings error. This ignorance of the Father, terror and fear, and terror became dense like a fog, so no one was able to see. Because of this, error became strong. Overstand. See, the terror and the fear cloud your eyes, awake ones. Like a dense fog, so no one was able to see. So then you're not aware. Because of this error, because of this, error became strong. She worked on her material substance vainly because she did not know the truth. She assumed a fashion figure while she was preparing in power and in beauty. The substitute for truth then was not a humiliation for the illimitable, inconceivable one. For they were as nothing. For they were as nothing. This terror and this forgetfulness and this figure of falsehood 
whereas established truth is unstaging, it's unchanging, unperturbed, and completely beautiful. For this reason, do not take error too seriously. For this reason, do not take error too seriously. Since error had no root, fog regarding the father, she was preparing works and forgetfulnesses and fears in order by these means to beguile those of the middle and to make them captive. Okay, see, error beguiles those that are in the middle, right, as a substitute for truth in a fashionable figure. She beguiled those of the middle to make them captive, and the forgetfulness of error was not revealed. It did not become light beside the father. Forgetfulness did not exist with the father, although it existed because of him. What exists in him is knowledge. Knowledge, which was revealed so that forgetfulness might be destroyed. And that the father might be known. Since forgetfulness existed because the father was not known, if the father comes to be known, from that moment on, forgetfulness will cease to exist. Understand? So then you'll be true to you and true to the most high. And you'll be on point. Forgetfulness will cease to exist. And you can't take ever too seriously. And this last section from the Gospel of Truth I'm going to read from is called Waking Up and Coming to Knowledge. Waking Up and Coming to Knowledge is the name of the section. What then is that which he wants such a one to think? What then is that which he wants such a one to think? I am like the shadows and phantoms of the night when morning comes. This one knows that the fear that had been experienced was nothing. This one knows that the fear that had been experienced was nothing. Thus they were ignorant of the Father. He is the one whom they did not see. Since there had been fear and confusion and the lack of confidence and double-mindedness, and division. There were many illusions that were conceived by them, as well as empty ignorance. Isn't that what we're being served right now? 75% of California's black boys, according to that article, one in four, and not reading at a fourth grade level. Since there had been fear, confusion, and lack of confidence, and double-mindedness and division, there were many illusions that were conceived by them, as well as empty ignorance, as if they were fast asleep and found themselves a prey to troubled dreams. Either they are feeling and fleeing somewhere, or they lack strength to escape when pursued. Lack strength. Oh, Zion, put on your strength, right? 
either they are fleeing somewhere or they lack strength to escape when pursued. They are involved in inflicting blows, and they themselves receive bruises. They are falling from high places, or they fly through the air with no wings at all. Overstand. Other times, it is as if certain people were trying to kill them, even though no one pursuing them, or they themselves are killing those beside them, and they are stained by their blood. Until the moment when they who are passing through all these things I mean, they who have experienced all these confusions awaken. They see nothing because the dreams were nothing. It is thus that they who cast ignorance from them like sleep do not consider it to be anything, nor regard its properties to be something real. But they renounce them like a dream in the night, and they consider the knowledge of the Father to be the dawn. It is thus that each one has acted as if asleep during the time of ignorance. And thus a person comes to understand as if awakening. And happy is the one who comes to himself and awakens. Indeed, blessings on one who has opened the eyes of the blind. The spirit came to this person in haste when the person was awakened. The spirit came to this person in haste when the person was awakened. Having given its hand to the one lying prone on the ground, it placed firmly on his feet, for he had had yet not stood up. This gave him the means of knowing the knowledge of the father and the revelation of his son. For when they saw it and listened to it, He permitted them to take a taste of it, to smell and to grasp the beloved son. We have to get strong, strengthen the mind, strengthen the spirit. As you watch those documentaries, there will be feelings. You know, that's why you have to take it in doses. It is medicine. For the mind is to help deprogram and crack. Even if you think, oh, I, I know, and, you know, I know what's happening. There's other levels to the levels. And until you overstand as many levels as you can, you don't even know where you stand. At least that's the conclusion I came to. Okay, after all, where do I stand in the midst of that? Knowledge. Okay, once I got over that and the emotion and the mental of it all, and consulted with the Most High for myself personally, then I developed a plan of action for my life, some steps, some goals, with the knowledge in tow. What's your niche in this so that you can get your fix in this, right? And so the metaphysical meaning of Isaiah, I mentioned Isaiah in the praise up, Jehovah is salvation, help of Jah. Deliverance of Jehovah, welfare of Jah, prosperity of Jehovah, the son of Amos. He was a prophet during the reign of Hezekiah, king of Judah, 2 Kings 1920, 2 Kings 20, and the book of Isaiah. So the metaphysical meaning of Isaiah is the higher self. 
in order to activate your awareness, you have to be in your high-minded state. This base level, I've been guilty of it. You know, it's easy to fall back into frequency because, you know, familiarity, right, and forgetfulness. The higher self, Jehovah is salvation. That in us which discerns the reality. That in us which discerns the reality. The real character of spiritual man and fearlessly proclaims it. Spiritual understanding. After dominating, physical strength has lost its hold on the organism. The higher self begins the purification of the body. Isaiah also signifies understanding of the truth that deliverance, abundant supply, spirituality, and all other forms of good come, comes to men through Jehovah, the Christ, his higher self, or the spiritual I am. Understanding of the truth. understanding of the truth. The truth can be scary. Some levels, you know, you're like, wow. But that's when you sink into yourself and you find the most high. And you find that guiding light. And you meditate, you get that pen and paper, and you write down whatever the most high wants to say to you. And figure out a plan from those words. The power's in the word, right? You have to write, activate those 26 synapses that connect each time you write. Only six synapses connect when you type. Overstand. You got to keep the synapses working and moving. Write things down. They're lulling us to sleep. And we have to be awake and aware. I'm going to take a music moment.
be you till full. Be you till full. Overstand the word. The word sound power in that. Be you until you're full. That's the name of this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher. Be you till full. That love. Be you till you're full, love. Until you're full of love. Of the most high. Do what's in you. Expand and grow the glory that's inside of you. That's what I'm here to talk to you about. That's why I come each week. Be you. Wake up to what you are. Establish it, manifest it, explore it. Because God's right there, waiting for you to be led by the Most High. I'd like to um, speak on the names of the songs this evening as they are my co-hosts. That was just Ashley Dubois, Do You. And before that was Tamika Moore, Every Word. Christine, Narrows the Road. Laura Mulva, Green Garden. Kaya Victoria, Titivating. Sarak, one of my favorite rappers. Exhibit She. Marla Brown, Survivor, Like a Butterfly, the Anderson Suarez remix, Sarak, The Girl Who Could Fly, John Nine, Jungle, Nairobi Selah, Hookless, Lauren Hill, Rebel, Abby Lincoln, shout out to my mother, blessings to you, Mom, Abby Lincoln, the windmills of your mind. She introduced me to jazz. She played jazz every Saturday morning in my home. I was introduced at an early age, and I love it. And I've incorporated it into my mind. You know, jazz activates the mind. It's good thinking music. You know, just like they say, Beethoven and Bach and Mozart activate the mental capacity. So does jazz. It tunes into different frequencies in your mind. John Nine, Dranvolo, Melchizedek, and Etzia, Ja will provide the remix. In my opening, I played Gratitude by John Nine, Earthology, the Whitefield Brothers, and Grow by Ciroc. I look forward to coming back next week and breaking down the books. The books, Awaken Aware 101. And the books to delve into, to learn those different perspectives. As it said in the Gospel of Thomas, put the crown of knowledge on your head and sit on the throne of perception. Right? The crown of knowledge on your head and sit on the throne of perception. So in order to clarify the perception, you have to get different perspectives. So you can know what you're looking at on different levels. I'm going to go out and say bye. Blessings and love to all within the listening ear. I thank you for your support. It's greatly appreciated. 
and I'll be here, Jaw willing, next week as we do Awaken Aware 101 Part 2. This is Lady Flame with Thank You, Mama. Well, right now, my son, I want big up all of the single hard-working mothers out there. Big up on yourself. Na na na, working hard, yes we know you got your J-O-B Nobody make them come distract you from your PhD Keep your faith in the one and only G-O-D Them bad mind you through them living in the misery Party hours closer that you are work out with You get up in a real cold and hundred odd degrees This in your picnic, them at school and fulfill them belly And it hurts me, you know, for them around this street Thank you mama for the nine months you carry me They keep standing up, talk. get back up when you fall. Sometimes it rough, you want to fall. But remember who you are. I miss they keep standing up, talk. Mama say, City, the Eden, them are on come. But my not lose my fears, I'm not humble down. No, 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 no. I'm protected by the Almighty One. And a fearful prayer, me, I use not a gold day. She know I won't be in the six feet underground Because she work too hard from the rising of the sun I miss it, thank you mama, feel love And I make them feel love and I talk When you're back against the wall And it don't matter where you are I miss it, keep standing up Get back up when you fall Sometimes it rough, you want to fall But remember who you are Nobody make them come distract you from your PhD Keep your faith in the one and only G.O.D. Them bad mind you through them living in a misery Party hours closer that you are work out we You get up in a rain cold and hundred odd degrees This in your picnic, them at school and sit in them belly And it hurts me on of them around the street Thank you mama for the nine months you carry me I want you them give me but to bring up a we Remember who you 